Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Podcast. We're the Switch to Manual guys. I am Antonio. And I'm Tom. And we thought we would talk this week about event photography, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Something we all find ourselves doing, either professionally or just for fun or because we happen to be at a wedding or baptism or or whatever yeah yeah yeah. i mean we do you know as professionals we do this all the time and we we sort of take it for granted doing event photography and you know we're often doing it for money and we thought probably is a good idea to share some of the things that we've come up with while we're doing these event photographies because uh you know i've learned a lot doing weddings and events i don't know about you yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of what you're doing is trying to get some great images and, and you know, ideally think of some things that maybe people wouldn't have thought of on their own if they're just walking around with a camera. So, But there's certain things that through experience you start to think about like, oh, yeah, I, sh- I should get one of those shots. And, you know, beginning with just our the way you conceive of the whole event and and knowing that you're going to want to have some images afterwards that give you a feel for the overall event. You know, we were talking about this earlier, Tony. Like the one thing you don't want to end up with is just 50 shots and in every image there's two people smiling and you're standing five feet away. Right, and they're lit by a really flat flash that you have on your camera. Yeah, right. And, and totally unmemorable, I think. Sure. Because everybody right. else is taking that same picture, and and you're you're essentially competing with everybody now who has a cell phone and taking pictures with their iPhone and and whatnot. And you want to be able to go to an event, and you still want to capture the feel of it, but you also want to. I mean, we're talking about trying to come out with some really good photography too, because you can come out at an event with pictures that you look at and you think, "Wow, these are these aren't just great shots of this event; they're really nice pictures." Exactly. Sure. I mean, that's, that's, that's the goal. And also oftentimes, like if you're, if you're there for fun with a friend or family member, you want to be able to provide that family member with a a really good memory of the event. And so, and that's where, especially when, when you know the people involved, you, you know, the family relationships, the friendships, the things that are really meaningful and what would be worth capturing. You know, in addition to just some of the things that we might think to do as photographers, such as capturing the feel of the room and the building, something that's going to trigger those memories of like, oh yeah, that that was a really cool space where that, that wedding was held or that, you know, that the lighting in that restaurant was really beautiful and what a great moment that was. And you know, there again, that's that's a different kind of image. So you want to be thinking on several different levels at once. Yeah, and unless you're hired to be the photographer for the evening, most times you're at an event and somebody else is taking pictures for, like if you're at a wedding, your nephew's wedding or something like that, and they've hired photographers already to take pictures. So they're going to already be taking the you know, all the group pictures and the dancing and stuff. And that sort of frees you up to take the pictures that they're not going to be able to take. Right. So, I mean, that's only if you're not being hired. If you're being hired, you have to think of all the things that you have to do. And it's really difficult to do. I know we've done events together, you and me. And Uh what's nice about that is that I know that you're going to be covering certain pictures and I'm going to be covering certain pictures. So we can both 
do different styles of work or, you know, you're capturing the, the bride and the groom and I'm getting the table settings, you know, and so we've got the bases covered. Yeah. When you're, when you're under pressure to, to capture an evening, then it's great to work as a team like that. But like you said, when, when you're there as a guest or as a friend or family and somebody else has a professional responsibility, then that does free you up. But it's great to know what the professional is thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. say it is a wedding and, you know, generally the a wedding photographer is going to take a few shots of the table setting so that that would be part of an album later. And, you know, maybe they'll turn out, maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't. But as as a guest with a lot of time on your hands, you know, you could really find that really nice table setting or the, the names of family members who are of particular significance or who knows. I mean, oftentimes it's the stuff that you could never predict in a million years, but because you're open to capturing that kind of shot, you know, it might be, you know, grandparents holding hands and their hands are right by the flowers, you know, stuff like that is just priceless. And the hired photographer just doesn't have all night to wait for that kind of shot. Right. And you and you have the advantage because you know people and you know the relationships, like you said, that are going on. So you know that uh, it's a rare time when grandma and grandpa dance. And so, yeah. you know, you can get those moments. The I want to add part of the practical part of this. You just made me think about this as a as a professional. You know, we have a shoot list. And so we're sort of going by. You know, make sure you get this, 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 and this, and this. And the idea is that you can find people post up these shoot lists online. So you can find, you know, to get some inspiration. But, like, you're going to a bar mitzvah or something like that, and you know you have to do X, Y, and Z. And writing Uh that stuff down and having it with you is a very helpful thing to have. But I think if you're – even if you're not doing this as a professional thing, if you're going to an event, I think that kind of stuff is helpful. A, because it will will set you up for at some point when you want to do an event and get paid – you're, you're starting to think in terms of, okay, well, I need to get these shots. And every time you go to an event, you think, oh, you know what? Now I need to add this to the list, and I need to add that to the list. But having a list with you where you're sort of going down and say, okay, well, I, you know, we're going to this uh, engagement party, so I want to get pictures of you know, the table settings. I want to get pictures of the, 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 the gifts being opened. Like you, you start making a list of things, and you carry it around with you or you use it, and that could help you while you're there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and the more you do it, you know, the you start to learn certain things and anticipate certain moments. And even a, a family birthday, whether it's at home or out at a restaurant, there's usually going to be a cake with candles. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of anticipate that moment coming and do some things to get ready for it. So, so good practice like you just said cake and candles and i think we talked about this in an earlier podcast but you know this idea of like how do you shoot when the light the light changes too so you have to know all this stuff you have to understand that you know the lights are going to go off and suddenly you have a a cake lit by a candle and you have to figure out how to deal with the exposure and stuff like that it's best to do that stuff when you're not getting paid for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah and if you're under under time pressure because you know the can the birthday cake is suddenly there you can always just switch to auto if you have to. Don't, no, no switch. Don't, don't miss the shot. <laughs> don't switch. I know. We're the switch to manual guys. But where you can no, get all ready for a low light situation before that cake starts coming out. And don't let that moment surprise you. Just talk to whoever's in charge and say, hey, tell me when you're about to bring the cake out because I want to be ready. Yeah. What, what's, what's a memorable event that you photographed that, that had some significance in terms of 
I don't know. Anything. Well, um, recently, the guy who, uh, you know, in my other life, I'm a minister, and the um, young man who has been our minister of music for the past 20 years at at my church uh, is now becoming a minister himself, and he was preaching his first sermon up at Union Seminary on the Upper West Side by Columbia. So I, I knew that was going to be a really meaningful event for him and something that he'd, he'd want to remember for the rest of his life. So, you know, I, I got up there early and, you know, it's a space that I'm familiar shooting in. And so I kind of had a sense already of what I was going to try to do. But, you know, there's a couple levels you can get up on the balcony mm-hmm. and, and, you know, I shot some at floor level, which is another thing, too. You know, I, I think something that just enhances the overall collection of an, an event is to change up your lenses a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a wide angle and a telephoto, use both, you know, get some close-ups of people, get some candid shots, but also get the whole room. And, you know, so I, I, I did all of that for Terry and felt good about it. You know, it was really fun to share those images with him and, and to know that those would be images that he'd cherish the rest of his life yeah and you just mentioned about taking candids you know we were talking you talking about four you know you don't want to end up with a bunch of 20 shots of everybody sort of staring at the camera and the candid shots are 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 really important to grab during these times and uh, yeah absolutely you know that's time when you you know changing lenses or having multiple cameras with different lenses on can be um, helpful. I mean, you do have to balance that. Sometimes you're at an event and you're part of the event or you're a guest. And, you know, I've had this because I'm such a photographer. And so I bring my cameras with me all the time and I go to events and I'm like, oh, you know, I have this dual issue. Like I want to enjoy it and I want to have the food, but I want to take pictures because it's a, it's something that's important. And it's kind of tricky to balance those out. You know, you got to have a feel for, you know, getting up, off the table, take pictures, and your wife wants to dance with you. And you, know, you got to be aware of this kind of stuff. And you don't you don't want to see the whole event through the camera because mm-hmm. this is of an event that's important to you. I mean, if you're being hired to an event, that's your job. So you're behind the camera all the time. But if it's a family thing, you do have to balance this stuff out a little bit so that you don't miss the event. And then I find what happens is you get set up for the next event, and then everybody thinks you're going to be you're the photographer for the event. So just just be something to be aware of. Um, uh-huh. you right. know, and again, if you volunteer your time to be the photographer, you are kind of setting yourself up to do that as a job. And so just, you know, be aware that that will be your, even if you're not getting paid, that's your job for the evening. But if you're a guest, you just, you want to be aware of that. You want to have a good time. It's, it's an important thing. I was at a child naming event and it was in a synagogue and at the synagogue will actually let me take pictures there. So that was, you know, one of the things you have to be aware of when you're doing events in, you know, religious locations is that you need to find out whether or not you can take pictures there. Uh, it's not always a given, but this yeah. synagogue let us take pictures. And I was finding some really nice pictures of my nephew and his nephew <laughs> sitting near a, a stained glass window. And, you know, I was able to find that candid moment. Now, nobody else was looking. Everybody else was too busy getting ready for the event to start. And he was playing with his nephew. And I grabbed a shot with some, I think it was a lot of sunlight coming in. And it was really, you know, a nice picture. And I didn't, I mean, I shot a bunch of pictures, but I only posted maybe like five or six, but it was a uh-huh. quintessential five or six pictures. Yeah. So I was able to enjoy the event and see what was going on. And I was able to grab those few pictures that nobody else saw. Yeah. That's a great feeling. 
Yeah. So take shots of the event, be part of the event, you know. One of the things I like to do, I've always thought this for a wedding photographer, I would like to do wedding photography more and to call myself the second shooter where I would I would have a second shooter with me who would be the wedding photographer. That person would take all the family shots and all that kind of stuff and I'd go around with my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> and take all the other pictures that I would like to take as if I was a guest at a wedding. Because I think I would be able to create a lot of really nice stylistic pictures that way. And then I wouldn't have to be obliged to getting, you know, the family shots of the aunts and the grandmothers and all that stuff. Yeah, it's really hard to do both. Yeah. It's way more fun to be there with somebody else having that formal responsibility and just being able to kind of shoot for fun. You know, and on the candid thing, I would just say, you know, candid shots are great and I love them. And I, uh, but I think I have found, I know I've gone too far in that extreme that I sort of forget that I can say, hey, you know, grandma and grandpa get together. I want to get your picture, you know, with, with the bride or whatever it is. I mean, obviously, if you're being paid to do a wedding, you're going to get all the family shots. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like, it's good to actually set up a few um as well as getting the candids yeah that's sometimes people expect that and uh my experience with that was at my first wedding we had a photographer who was a uh, very documentary style uh-huh and he didn't do any of the 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 formal pictures it was all black and white over the shoulder kind of candid stuff i mean the photography was great but we missed out a lot of the you know, well, I just like to have a picture of six people together, you know? Right, right. So, again, it's... Yeah, it's the, good. I think it's good to do both. Yeah, it is it's definitely good to do both. And by me mentioning that, I'm thinking also these are really good opportunities to take some really good pictures, too. I mean, it's not just a shot of the event, but like this, the shot of my nephew and his nephew against the stained glass window, I think, is not just a great event shot, but it's a really, it was a really nice picture. Yeah, it was very yeah, satisfying to like look at it and say, "Wow, you know, I can." I look at I look at wedding photographers. I go to some of the seminars during the photo show in New York, um, and had some wedding photographers that I went to, and I look at the photography and it's like, "Wow, there's some really nice pictures." Like this is an event going on, and these people have made beautiful photography, like stuff that would be worth hanging up on the wall. And in fact, I now I'm just remembering this. The guy who photographed my first wedding, I ended up looking through his portfolio and buying a shot that he took of another wedding. Huh. It was black and white, and he shot it with an old Holga camera. So it was like one of these old plastic cameras, and there was light leaks and stuff like that. And the uh-huh. shot was, was my friend Mel Giacomo. So I'm calling him out there. Hopefully he's listening to us. Great street shooter, by the way. And we're going to get him on the podcast someday. Cool. Um, he also talks at B&H a lot. So if you're in New York City, uh, look for Mel DiGiacomo's talks at B&H, uh, the photo sh- uh, store, because he's just a great street shooter. Anyway, he has a shot of this bride, and, and, the, and the, the shot is light leaked except for the bride. You can see the groom and the people in the background, but they're kind of faded out, and there's this bride, and she's staring right at the camera. I love that shot so much I bought it from him. So... It's a long way of saying that sometimes the photographs that you can make at an event can be things that are worth hanging up on a wall. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in the zone, you're really focused. And oftentimes these events are in beautiful places and everybody's looking their best. So, yeah, you can you can you can get some amazing shots. You know, one one last thing I I would just add is, uh, you know, we talked about changing up your lenses, um, kind of capturing the entire room and also getting some close ups, getting some 
setting up some shots and also taking candids. I think another thing to keep in mind is just sort of the the arc of the event. You know, I mean, a wedding is an easy example because mm-hmm. there's the the preparation. People put, you know, the gals putting on makeup and everybody getting dressed up and and then, you know, all the different steps of, of the wedding leading towards driving away in the car. And so kind of showing, you know, you want to kind of have a little bit of everything. So mm-hmm. then again, later when you're pulling it all together for a book or an album or just a collection you're sharing online with a friend, there's a, a sense of the whole event. You feel like you've you've been there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're saying that and you just said making a book. It's like, what a what a thing to do after an event is to give somebody um, a book that you've made of all the pictures that you've done. Uh huh. You know, as a practical thing to do. There's so many services now where you can go and you can print these things out. Now, I remember when I was when I was growing up. You know, you couldn't get things published. <laughs> it was expensive. Yeah. And now it's just, you know it's done from your computer. You download Blurb software from Blurb.com or Apple Books and stuff like that. And you're and you're making a book in five minutes from all the shots that you've taken at an event. I did a book for my niece I th- I'm trying to remember it was definitely my niece and I can't remember what it was it was an event oh it was my my niece's son's birthday party or something like that and it was a pony birthday party they bought a <laughs> pony and they had it running in the street and so I just took a whole bunch of shots they were kind of you know journalistic ways and stuff like that and I printed it in an apple book yeah and I gave it to her and she started to cry and I was like that was worth doing it was worth all the money in the world. See how happy she was to receive this. Man, those book. those Apple books, I you know, I uh, shamelessly just kind of endorsed them, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I made one for my dad. We went to Daytona for Motorcycle Speed Week, and my stepmom said that he carried that w- with him everywhere for about six months, really? showing yeah. everyone who would look at it. Yeah, yeah, it's something it's- that. I've gotten in a little bit of trouble with because they, everybody sees me at an event with my camera and they say, when are we going to see the pictures? When are we going to see the pictures? I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I keep joking. I take pictures. I don't give pictures, but that's, that's <laughs> only going over so well these days, not so well at all. So, you know, now with Facebook and other places to share it, it's a little bit easier to share the pictures very fast. But the idea of making this book that comes out into the physical world like you're saying, and something they can hold on to or put on their coffee table or touch and feel uh, makes a big difference. So I'm all for not holding the pictures on your computer and and making something as fast as possible. You know, and don't wait too long because then it sort of rubs off over time. But get those. And pictures. it's really fun. It's fun to to get the book in the mail and and they and the quality is amazing. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, uh, there's Apple, but there's a million services now. There's Apple Books. There's Blurb. There's uh, Asuka books are a little more expensive. I mean, there's there's tons of them. There's no shortage of book publishing now, book publishing on demand. And the great thing about the books, making the books, is it helps you see the event. It helps you, like you were saying before, about making sure you have little pieces of the entire event. Laying out a book is a great way to understand how an event flows. So it serves two purposes. Usually we just look at our pictures, you know, in Lightroom or something like that, and you're sort of, you're not doing anything with them, but putting them together in a book and seeing how the pictures can juxtapose against each other. Yeah. I think that's a great way to understand how an event flows. So it's all a good exercise, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's really something to that. I took a trip um, with my first wife and her son from San Diego to Seattle, stopping in a lot of national parks. And I, I turned that into a book and 
enjoyed it so much that when we then took that trip more recently to the UK and Ireland, the entire time I, w- I was just imagining what the book was going to look like. Mm. And, and that really kind of actually informed my shooting. Yeah. So we have shoot lists that you have, and then now we're making books. And these are all things that can help you, you know, you're doing it, you know, for no money, you're doing it for family and stuff like that. But if you want to transition into doing events, all this stuff that we're talking about can certainly help you make that transition. Yeah. And that's a good point. You know, if you shoot an event and you turn it into a nice book, then if you want to do more events, you you can use that as your portfolio. Say, oh, here's an example of an event that I shot because people will want to see examples of your work and or put it online. But yeah. sometimes yeah. it's nice to have a, an actual book that got my got me in the door with a newspaper once. I had a book that I had just thrown together for the fun of it and I brought it with me to meet a newspaper editor and he looked through the book and he said, wow, I, I like these, you know, we need you tomorrow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I think we'll, we'll bookmark this for another episode, but I want to talk about printing at some point. Yeah. And we should finish up on this. I think this idea of a book is that you are sort of, as the photographer, you're in control of how the images get presented. So, you know, if you do want to mix the, the end of the event up with the beginning of the event, cause the two pictures look so good together, you can do that. Whereas online, you know, you have very few options for for really controlled publishing. There are a few, and we'll talk about that in, in a future episode. There are some really nice online publishing things. But this idea of printing a book uh, and having it in the physical world and means you can control how the viewer can see the pictures. And so that can probably have a very powerful effect. On, I think that had a powerful effect on my niece, you know, when she saw those pictures. They weren't just something scrolling on a screen. There was something, the physical, the size, that there were yeah. in her hands. So I'm, I'm all for that. So, but we'll, I definitely want to talk about printing. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll return to this. Yeah. So we're at time. All right. Wow, it's another one in the can. <laughs> so, hey everybody, you know you can find us at switchtomanual.com, where you have access to our Flickr group, which we'd like you to join. And if you want to email us, please email us with suggestions. Um, we're also thinking about having guests on here soon. I mentioned a friend of mine, Mel Tajakma, one of the greatest street shooters. I'm going to try to get him on the show. So, But we would like to hear suggestions for questions and show topics. Please send them to info at switchtomanual.com. Where else are we? We're on Twitter, at switch, the numeral two, manual. So look for us on Twitter. We like to tweet a lot. We're Facebook people. We love the Facebook. And uh, we have a Google Plus group. Look for us. Switch the manual on Google Plus. Uh, did I leave anything out, Tom? No, I think you got it. Yeah. All right. So that's it for now. Thanks for joining us. Have a good rest of your time. <laughs> I don't want to say goodbye. I want to keep talking, but I can't. So anyway. Don't go. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. This is Antonio. And I'm Tom. See you later. Adios. Thank you.